0: Hello and welcome to The Reup. I'm your host, Owen Blackwell, sitting in the studio with Chris Payne and on the phone with Karen Barlow and Josh Butler. Today on the show, Gonski 2.0, the federal government's proposed changes to citizenship and an angry reaction to Pauline Hanson's comments about disabled children. Karen, can you tell us what what has happened with Gonski? It appears like the government are heading towards having the numbers to, to pass their reform.
1: Well, as we understand it, they definitely have the numbers. They've had the signalling. We're just getting down to the nitty-gritty and uh, we've just got to get uh, possibly some amendments through uh, from various parties. But uh, essentially... Uh, In principle, it is happening, it just has not happened yet. Uh, And uh, now we're getting word that the independent school sector is also urging the Senate to pass the package. So it really is only a matter of time.
0: The Greens have been dealt out of this, haven't they?
1: Questions really have to be answered within the Greens as to what's happened there. They set themselves up in this term of parliament with the the leader, Richard Di Natale, as being the party of compromise. And uh, it looked like that this was potentially the way it was going to go, even though that would have... Uh, really been unpalatable to a lot of conservative members of government but they've counted themselves out there's been infighting Um, they came too late to the party Um, they made a decision announced a decision way after the 10 votes had come in for the government and uh, here we are uh, they've had to come back and say "Well, no we're not really going to part we're not really going to support it Uh, but we indicated that pretty much we're going to support it mixed messaging terrible look And they're not really that party of compromise. They don't know really where they are. And it is a big problem education for them because the Greens have a lot of teachers as supporters and the education union is right up against them over how this has been handled by the Greens.
2: Karen, so we know that this is going to happen and the question is when. And, you know, you might be listening to this and it has indeed passed, I should mention that. But as it stands today... Uh, It looks like it's dragging on a little bit. There's been some mention of another Senate sleepover. Is that likely? Is Nick Xenophon getting his pyjamas ready?
1: (laughs) I'm sure he's always got them in the office ready to go, ready for those photos as well. But um, that's a threat every time Mm. we're coming to the end of of a sitting week, a sitting fortnight. And this one's extra special because this is coming up to the long winter break, that six weeks. So it really would be lovely and tidy for the government to get this across the line. Uh, but um, this is looking better than other situations where we really didn't know where it was going to go. We know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of how and exactly when. But, um, yeah, I know there'll there'll be some problems about um, senators getting to the airport in time for their scheduled flights, but um, this really is something that will pass. Um, It's just, yeah, getting down to those little technical issues that the Education Minister, Simon Birmingham, has been talking about.
2: Can I, can I just ask you for, like, an inside Parliament House thing? If they stay all night, do they, do they keep Aussies open? Like, is there anywhere for them yeah, to we get a snack? We were talking
0: about this earlier, actually. I mean, how do they keep them? Sadly,
1: no. There's a list that goes around of all the good restaurants in Canberra mm. and, you so know, the ones that actually um, do delivery. Yeah, okay. um, pizza places and the like. But it is winter, and, and not many uh, food places even stay open in, uh, too late in Canberra over winter as well, because it's so damn cold.
2: All right, so I might have to do a lolly run and get the instant coffee already. Absolutely, Josh, you've been keeping an eye on these uh,
0: citizenship proposals. Um, it looks like there might be a bit more resistance to these proposals from Peter Dutton than there, than Gonski. What what, um, what what's happening there?
3: Yeah, look, basically the government wants to sort of tighten up. Um, the process by which people become uh, citizens of Australia. They want to, um, you know, lengthen the period between, um, you know, from, from when you're a permanent resident to before you can then apply to be a citizen. They want to um, raise the bar on the English language requirements um, to, you know, the tests that you have to pass. They're talking about... Um, you know, uh, changing, adding adding some more to these sort of values tests that we talk about. You know, this is not the the one where they sort of quiz you on what Don Bradman's cricket average was and all that sort of stuff. They're talking, they they want to add in questions about, you know, um, domestic violence and gender equality and that sort of thing. They've been been talking about this for quite a while, um, for a a few months now, Um, and it's kind of starting to come to a head uh, in the parliament. Um, We're getting some more detail on what the legislation's going to look like, what the requirements are going to be and all that sort of stuff. Um, Labor has been talking about, you know, Uh, claim that this would make it a basically university level of English that people would require, um, to, 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 uh, to pass these English tests. Um, and it's kind of yesterday that there's a lot of sort of, um, sort of very boring, sort of nitty gritty detail and stuff. And, but basically, Peter Dutton's come out and said, look, it's not, it's not nearly as hard as, you know, they're making it out. Um, we should be getting people who are, you know, we should be encouraging people to get a, quite good level of English, I think he's talking about basically a conversational level of English, like you know, down to go to a shop and order a a meal or, you know, get something over the counter or something like that. Um, It's sort of all coming to a head now. Um, We're still not exactly sure when it's going to come up um, in Parliament or sort of thing, but um, yeah, it's definitely a big hot topic issue as well this week while um, is going on as well.
2: So, I mean, there's a huge difference between conversational English and university standard English. I mean, we don't really know where in between that it is at the moment, do we? Well, there's a Again,
3: huge sort of gap. Back, yeah, sort of getting in, into what I was saying, the sort of boring, nitty-gritty detail about it and that sort of thing. There's there's two um, levels, um, two sort of scales of, of English um, proficiency. It, it's uh, the IELTS, it's the English language, um, or the acronym sort of stands for, but there's, there's two sort of levels of it. There's one which is a general level and there's one which is an academic level. Um and the 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 talk about it was that they were gonna require people to get to English level six on one of these tests. Um and, and labor's saying, oh, they wanted English level six, which on the advanced test uh is university level, but in the general test it's it's you know more like conversational just being able to talk to someone in the street or at a shop or in a restaurant or something that sort of thing level. Um so there's been a bit of a confusion over which of these scales, they're actually using. That's that's where it that comes back again to the sort of you know the, the detail of it and that sort of thing. But Labor's saying if they they want to take a test. The government saying it's more this general test that we're where it we're actually looking for. Um, yeah, a lot of it is just sort of confusion. At this say we're not really sure exactly what. Uh, it's going to be wanted, I'm not sure exactly what's going to be included in these tests, and you know what level people have to get to. Um, but yeah, that's that's the, that's the uh, confusion sort of going around now. We don't actually really know exactly what's going on, what's being required, what yeah, they right. actually want. There's
0: the, there's another, I mean, political game going on with this beyond the merits of the legis of the proposed legislation. It, it's uh, being framed as a national security issue by the government. Is is the hope to wedge labour?
3: Um. Yeah. It, there there has been talk about it being a national security issue. It, it, it is sort of a factor that they're talking about here, but it's definitely not the main one the government's talking about it. It is one that they sort of brought up in, in, in passing and they have talked about it in terms of, you know, why we're bringing these these new laws and these, these changes and stuff in, but they, they are really more billing it more as a, uh, basically we want people to be able to speak English in this country, we want people to be able to, you know, adhere to our values and, you know, join the Australian way and, you know, contribute to the, the Australian community and all that sort of thing. There are, you know, there is a bit of national security there and that's, that's sort of what Peter dutton has been talking about. He's saying that, you know, Bill Shorten's been, you know, hijacked for the radical lefties of his party and he was talking yesterday you know at a press conference that i went to dutton was talking about you know labour wants to try and win back some of the greenies in the in the seats that they've been losing to the greens or the support they've been losing to the greens and that sort of thing bill shortens a weak leader he's spineless and all that sort of stuff so there is a bit in this about trying to to you know show labour up to kind of force them out and and say that they're not taking these issues seriously but yeah national security has been involved here it's part of the conversation but it's not Definitely not the, the main one that we're, we're we're really talking about here. It's not the main sort of uh, issue at, at hand or at play. Mm.
0: And uh, and I, I see also the welfare reform bill has been put in. Now this will put uh, strict drug uh, restrictions on people uh, people who are on welfare. Uh, again, this has had. This is uh, a Senate report ha- has said that it needs an overhaul. The government is sticking with it and pushing through. Are we likely to see a, a big fight over this law as well or this bill?
3: Um, yeah, it, it's been really interesting. The Greens have been very much against it um, from, from the start. Um, but there was a motion that came up in the Senate. I believe it was last week. yeah, it was last week um, uh, where the Greens sort of asked the, the Senate to, to really formally come out against this. Um, and and Labor didn't come out against it. Labor sort of controversially sided with the government um, on this. They they opposed, um, you know, this this motion uh, criticising the drug testing. They basically basically said, look, um, you know, we're not really sure about it yet. We're still getting briefings. We're still getting all the information. We're still talking to all the experts and stuff, so we're going to reserve our judgement on this until we get all the information that we really need. Um, They haven't really... They haven't really given a a solid position on it either way. You have to think they would lean towards um, maybe not supporting it, Um, but at the same we don't really know. Um, We really don't know where Labor's going to stand on this. If if Labor supports it, it's going to go through. It's going to happen. Five thousand people will be drug tested in um, in in three sites around the country. We don't know where these sites are going to be yet. Um, but if Labor supports this, it's going to happen. People will be drug tested, and people um, will have their, I guess, welfare benefits at risk if they do test positive to these three drugs that they're being tested for, which is marijuana, uh, ecstasy, and methamphetamine.
2: And what's the timeline for that, Josh? Is it, a, you know, one strike policy? What, what exactly are they proposing, and how tough does it look?
3: Well, yeah. Look, they've only just introduced legislation uh, today. It was announced in the May budget, um, and they've, they've uh, introduced it into the, into the Parliament today. Um, we're still sort of going through it all, um, but one of the more interesting things that you know I'm, I'm covering today um, is it, it basically says that if you test positive to even the very first drug test, um, that you 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 will be put on income management. Income management um, means that a certain percentage of your welfare payments are quarantined, um, mm-hmm. and that you can't spend that money on things like alcohol. Um, tobacco, those sort of products. Um, I, I Is that like a that
2: cashless program. debit card? Is that where that comes in?
3: Uh, they haven't called it that, but it, it does seem to be sort of in the ballpark of that cashless mm-hmm. debit card. Um, it doesn't mean that you won't be able to spend any of your money on alcohol and drugs, or, uh, alcohol and cigarettes, I mean, um, but a, a certain percentage, it'll, it'll, no, I'm, not, I'm trying to find out exactly what percentage that will be, and the government's still trying to work out what that percentage will be, but you will be placed under the income management. It means that a certain percentage of your money at least 50% of it will be quarantined if you can't spend it on um, those, those sort of products.
2: Well, judging by the reaction that that measure had around budget time, I doubt that's going to be a popular move either.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's... Um, we'll, well, you know, it'll, it'll depend on where Labor sort of sits on it. You know, Labor might support it my labor might say look we we need to get people you know they they might not want people who are on welfare to to be using drugs and that sort of thing I think you know um, it it also comes into what labour does here. Um, Greens are against it I think most of the crossbench is against it Um, it will come into what labour does.
0: Speaking of unpopular moves we all heard Pauline Hanson's comments last night about uh, disabled and uh, disabled children and children with autism there's been a huge huge backlash to that today um I believe today she, she she was raised again in the Senate and and she she claimed to have been taken wildly out of context i I'll, I'll play a sample of of uh senator Hansen Hansen's comments
2: because most of the time the teacher spends so much time on them they forget about the the child who was raining at the you know wants to go ahead and leaps and bounds in their education, but are held back by those because the teachers spend time with them. And I'm not denying them. If it was one of my children, I'd love all the time given to them to give them those opportunities. But is is it at the loss of our other kids?
0: What are we thinking here? Because we've talked a lot about Pauline Hanson's One Nation on this show. Uh, What what are are the panel's thoughts?
1: Well, uh, just to uh, maybe get Pauline Hanson's context in, because she says that she's been absolutely taken out of context. Mm -hmm. She said today in the Senate, uh, when she was trying to actually raise something else about halal certification, uh, it all turned into a bit of a fracas and the Greens started raising her disability comments uh, Pauline Hanson really tried to say, look, this is what I tried to say, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. which was, I believe that disabled children need the most assistance and help as any other child in the education system. And then she offered that she would debate pretty much anyone, any time about it because she was then shut down because her time was uh, expired. But um, so that that's important to keep in mind. Um, she says that uh, all the reportage has been... Um, pretty much taken out of context, but uh, it was pretty uh, straight reporting as far Mm. as I could see. She did say that uh, disabled children, autistic children, take resources away from other children to the other children's disadvantage. Uh, Now, there are lots of experts and there are parents and there are teachers that have come forward and said that this is absolutely outrageous and that uh, children on both sides, uh, benefit from this situation <clears throat> and they've been using you know words today like appalling archaic uh, horrific is some of the stuff that we've been hearing today so uh, I think there's uh, well one good benefit about this is that it's really opened up this debate but um, sometimes uh, well quite often Pauline Harrison is just so black and white that she gets herself caught up in all these problems all the time. And quite often they're to do with health issues and and uh, issues to do with uh, welfare and social issues that um, she just c- gets completely done over with by herself.
2: I mean, is she being taken out of context or is she backtracking? I mean, she is responsible for what she says in the Senate. Um, as you said, the reports were very straight and they just took her comments as they were. If she's unhappy with how that's being reported, then really the responsibility is on her to be more straightforward and say what she means.
1: Yes, and the contradiction also is that people have come forward and actually said that they agree with her. So are they wrong about the context that have been reported because it's the only way they've seen it? Uh, Or are they right as well? Uh, So. Yeah, it's kind of confusing, but uh, she did definitely get herself caught up in making her original statement by saying, get rid of these people Uh, that needed clarification because these people apparently weren't the students themselves, but she was apparently referring to do-gooders and people trying to help people who are disabled. So uh, it's very hard to take her seriously from what she originally said when she definitely needed clarification.
0: Get rid of the do-gooders. She's, yeah. yeah.
2: Well,
1: again, that, that that wasn't originally what she said. She said, get rid of them, which uh, is very confusing. I see. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Mm. We've so, got to talk about State of Origin.
0: Oh, I? no. No. I'm, <laughs> I've been turned off State of Origin since Papua New Guinea. Like, I am mad for it over there, and it's just traumatised me.
2: I never would have brought this up, except that I'm a Queenslander, and I cannot believe that we won last night. So... What do you guys think?
3: No, it was just um, disappointing.
2: <laughs> just disappointing. Just disappointed. First uh, half was
3: fantastic. It was a great first, great first half. And yeah, you would say that because you're
2: half. all over us in the first half.
3: Yeah, but it was. That's what I mean. it was a good first half, and like no, it was it was, a, it was a good game. It was a good game. Um, but it was, like the first half was good, really like really good battle. Like it was a really good solid game. We like this South team team just turned off in the second half. I'm not really sure what kind of happened. Like, it was they really all over them. They had all the momentum, like Thurston got injured, like they were looking the goods, and then just, I don't know what happened. It was re-
2: I was really shocked, uh, to the point where I jumped up and fist-pumped and gave a high-five to my piano. That actually happened. I don't know what that was, but it was a great game. I'm extremely happy, and bring on game three.
0: What's the atmosphere like in Canberra when it comes to state of origin? Are there, you know, Queensland, New South Wales, pollies? are they particularly on you edge? You've seen
2: Malcolm Turnbull's Facebook I have yeah. seen that video.
0: It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just like this faux wall going on. People thinking here in Canberra that, you know, that this is the real world and that they could, you know, <laughs> have a big sort of stoush over, over football uh, when they should be concentrating on the matters at hand.
2: I'll tell you, the real four, world's Jackson straight in three weeks' time. <laughs> it was like
1: oh, we we'll got
3: They, go they had like a full like um, touch footy game yesterday of New Wales well versus Queensland Police yesterday morning before uh, before Parliament. Um, they you know there's scarves and stuff in the, in Question Time. Yeah. Like everyone, they, they, they do kind of get into it. It is, it is quite lame sometimes, but they, do, they do get into it. Oh, they, that's they, kind they, of cool they, they though. Try, <laughs> so give it a go. Good
0: for them.
1: And, and Pauline was there. She she was running around. Oh,
0: I saw do, that, um, and there were great photos yeah, of get <laughs> and there were great photos of uh, Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce there in full flight as well. I've, I've seen them doing the rounds. It looked like a fun game, actually.
1: Well, anyone who could run around a field in virtual sub-zero temperatures is doing good by May. That's, that's, that's a great effort.
0: <laughs> yeah, good for them. <laughs> Thanks very much. Guys. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye. And that's it from us today on The reup. We'll be taking a break until July 6th. But in the meantime, don't forget to check out our other podcasts, including Refresh... HuffPost Humans, and Breaking the Ice, a series about the people behind the climate science. They're all available on the HuffPost Australia podcast network, and you can find them on your favourite podcast provider, including iTunes and Stitcher.